0: It's been several hours since we recorded our show. We are now in the beautiful Hawaiian gardens of the Pilikia Lounge here in Napa, California with Martin and Rebecca. We've just had a lovely evening of cocktails and navy rum history. And uh, that was a fun show we did today, wasn't it? I hope you enjoyed it, I had
1: a blast. We had a wonderful time. It was a pleasure uh, hanging out in the Wiki Wiki grog shop with you. And here we are in this beautiful, Warm summer night out here in Napa, and it's just flawless. Beautiful, beautiful
0: evening. Surround, there's skulls on spears and tiki's and real spiders and a waterfowl and people, kind of behind the palm trees talking in a cabana. It's 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 and idyllic.
2: Water and amazing. So,
0: something we didn't talk about that intrigues me about Smuggler's Cove is the fact that if people drink enough
1: rum, you will take them on a trip. This is true. We have a rum tasting club called the Rumbustion Society. And you drink your way through this self-guided educational tour into the world of rum. 20 different styles of rum from around the world. Taste those, you become what we call a disciple of the cove. You drink 80 more, you become what we call a guardian of the cove. That's 100 rums under your belt. (laughs) Then you keep soldiering on. And when you hit 300 rums, we make you what we call a master of the cove. And at that point, you have earned the right... We will take you to a distillery anywhere in the world. We've taken people to distilleries in Puerto Rico, Guyana, Trinidad, Mexico, Colorado, and Oregon. It's called Montaña, <laughs> yes, Sorry. but it's in, in Colorado. So we've experienced all sizes and shapes of distilleries, the littlest to the biggest, and every single one of them is in a unique adventure. You guys are fun. Oh, <laughs> so are you. Right, well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, It's been a great day hanging out with
0: you guys. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for putting on this wonderful uh, presentation uh, tonight for all of our cocktail enthusiasts here, as part of Friends of Ardent Mixology, our Foam Cocktail Appreciation Guild in Napa. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to more great times with the Kate family singers. We shall
1: shall bend elbows again soon. Yes,
2: absolutely, cheers. Cheers, indeed.
0: Before we get to the show, I just want to invite you to come to visit Judd's Hill Winery, that's the family winery, at the south end of the beautiful Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley. We're open daily by appointment. Visiting information is at www.juddshill.com. While you're there, you can check out our funny and quirky videos. You can find some wine-related poetry, recipes, and of course, wine. Put some in your cart type in coupon code JNVS in lowercase letters. That stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. You get 15% off your entire wine order. If you want a better deal than that, then guess what? Join our wine club. Guaranteed fun, guaranteed to get all our wines. You'll get invitations. We might even have another event at Smuggler's Cove. You never know. It could happen. It's happened before.
1: It has, and we're just gonna drink Judd's Rose all day because it's so good.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate the endorsement. While you're checking out Judd's Hill, you can also check out Smugglers Cove website, which is
1: smugglerscovesf.com.
0: Freshly redesigned, shinier than ever. And when in San Francisco,
1: do not miss a trip to Smugglers Cove or Whitechapel. Guaranteed good times. Smugglers Cove 650 Gough Street at the corner of Golf and McAllister. Whitechapel 600 Polk Street at the corner of Polk and Turk. And now, Enjoy the show.
3: It's always Finkalicious on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa. Judd's Napa Valley. Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, coming to you from the exotic South Seas beauty of Napa's most exclusive cocktail lounge, the Wiki Weeki Grog Shop, in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Chief Lapu Lapu, a.k.a. Lauren Mole, and here's your host... John Finkelstein! Thank
0: you very much, Mr. Lauren Mole, who is actually not with us. He's at a remote location, so we're sending him cues electronically. But thank you for that great introduction. I'm sorry you can't hear us, but we're having a wonderful time. And I know you're up to great things, which we'll hear about when we we're back with you in the studio. Today, Lauren, would you please give our guests one of your signature introductions?
3: Into a world of drinks. Our guests dove, with boundless creativity cooking on their stove. Cocktail perfection spills forth from their tippling treasure trove. Thirsty enthusiasts pack their joint. It's a drinkin' drove. For the success they found, we wish them muzzle Now let's welcome Martin and Rebecca, the folks of Smuggler's Cove. <laughs> that's fantastic that really great I love oh, that. oh thank you
2: tippling treasure trove has Ooh, to be a
0: drink a ke- name I that's think. a keeper right there oh yes. Lauren has inspired you Lauren we're, we're shamelessly stealing that <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited I'm not gonna tell you what's going on with me I'm not gonna plug any upcoming events because I want to get right to this this is this is a day long coming we've been planning this for months I believe I'm excited I'm being joined here in in the as lauren said exotic south seas beauty of the wiki wiki grog shop by none other than two of what do we call what do we call the subculture tiki dumb tiki tikiness, tiki's just tiki
1: just tiki just tiki
0: sure. two icons of tiki martin and rebecca kate are joining us there the proprietors of smugglers cove in san francisco amongst many other projects which we will talk about Welcome. 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 Why did I even pause on welcome? I am so excited to have you here. Maybe it's, it's lovely the nerves. to be
2: here. Great to be here.
1: I, anytime uh, I'm in the wiki wiki grog shop, I'm happy.
0: Wonderful. Well, I am so glad that you are here joining us. And There's so much to talk about. You guys are now number one bestsellers for your book, Smuggler's Cove. Uh, the, uh, as
1: strange as that is, it's true. <laughs> it, it's
0: strange? What are you talking about? It's strange? <laughs> well, what is the subtitle to the book? It's Smuggler's Cove:
2: Exotic Cocktails, Rum, and the Cult of Tiki.
0: There it is. I can't read. The light is dim here in the WikiWiki Wiki Grog Shop, but that is a tome. Congratulations! First and foremost, you've Thank been you working so much. on this for some time. And how long have you been working on this book?
1: This started gestating maybe two and a half years ago three almost yeah, we started so. negotiations looking for a publisher and things like that. I have a a very uh, talented agent who was uh, who helped to shop us around to all these yeah. guys, publishing Tenacious companies. Agent Tenacious. Is the <laughs> correct term. Yes. Tenacious, yes. <laughs> um Tenacious Jonah. Uh he um but he we went to publishers around the bay area and around Manhattan as well and uh we very happily settled in with the good people at uh, 10 Speed Press which is part of uh, Penguin Random House. They've been really sort of cornering the market on great cocktail and culinary books as mm. of late. They dug your pitch. They dug they the pitch. They your angle. They did. I did the little soft shoe and uh, and uh, they- <laughs> Even they,
2: poured some rum for some I of poured, them. Yes,
1: I poured <laughs> rum at many of them in order to woo them. And uh, we began writing in real earnest maybe at the fall of 2014 and wrote Basically non-stop throughout 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. we,
2: we missed many seasons of 2015 out the window. Watch I'm them sure. go by. Yes. And, <laughs> as we were at our computers. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, no, it's all. It's all, it's all over now. now, so it's fine. Now yeah. we can smile.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And you are, again, number one bestseller yeah. on uh, Amazon. It is. In the drinks category. It
1: is. Number one in drinks. Number one in um, in spirits. Number one improbably in probably in... Pacific Rim cooking, which is pretty entertaining. <laughs> That's For, a category? Yes. That's a category. and we only, why not? We, we only teach how to cook syrup, so uh, I'm <laughs> sure think there's...
2: there are lots of chefs with no, us, you on, teach us a, how to... on their hit list. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're cooking up
1: some fun in this book.
2: <laughs>
0: so, yeah, oh, there we go. Uh, there we well go. said. Yes. I'll say. Now, but I, I've been reading through it, and I'm digging it big time. You're First of all, both of you are very smart people,
1: and one of you has the letters after her name to prove it. Yes, in fact, uh, two letters in front of her name, too, the DR period. Right? Oh And I was thinking then the, or the three at the PhD. End. That's what I was thinking, yes. but you're right. you've got letters in front doctor and PhD. Yes. And that would be the lovely Rebecca here. Indeed. It um, so we know we know you got it in you. And this guy here, if you ever have the opportunity to write a book and it requires an intense amount of research, may I wholeheartedly recommend marrying a Berkeley doctor (laughs) because it's extraordinarily valuable.
0: Well, that's it. It is so well researched and there's so much history in this book. And admittedly, I'm your core demographic. I'm just I I love the stuff. I eat it up. I've been into Tiki for a long time, but I think anybody who's new to it or just has a passing interest is tiki curious could open this up it's very accessible and the style in which you write is very humorous as well you take it seriously but at the same time you're not taking it too seriously you can have fun
1: with it as well which which makes it a great read we want it well we we think it i mean obviously we think of the subject matter very seriously but if it's we try to write with at least some levity to kind of remind people of what makes it so magic and charming for us in the first place? If it's if it's too dry, then you kind of have to say, "Well, what's what? Where's the appeal in this?" But we're trying to say, no, it, we, it's it, it's a real thing, and it needs to kind of be quantified and talked about. But it's also, you know, at the end of the day, it's also a lot of long, cool rum drinks and <laughs> and good times in dimly lit uh, huts.
0: You know, we are in a dimly lit hut. We're having a cool time, but one thing's missing: oh, the, the rum. It's not headset. necessarily missing. There's a lot of rum in here. Would you like to, can we continue this conversation over a little bit of rum?
1: No, that's a terrible idea. I would hate that.
0: <laughs> I would be honored if <laughs> you would. Does sarcasm come through on it, the air? It, it does. <laughs> I'm I'm picking it up. Uh, <laughs> dripping. <laughs> uh, but let's let's drip a little rum out of a bottle. Would you do me the honor of selecting something? Come,
1: you can come back here. You can well, jeez. Here, see. I'll hold that the microphone fine. while I you can, come I, around. So I can look. You can, let's see. I'm here, see. you need a flashlight? No, here, here. Let me get out oh, of the, the way. Look at that flashlight. Mm. There right, we go. Right, we'll here. Shed what? some light on the subject. Indeed. So. Let me see. As it were, let's drink some of, let's start light and dry and drink some of that Brugal 1888. That'll be right, nice. Shine, shine. There it is right here. Yeah.
0: Okay, there we go. Now, while I'm pouring this, give us a quick uh, synopsis of the style of run this is. I'm going to put down the microphone so I can.
1: That. Pour. Okay, sure. So that's going to be what we would call a column still. Rum. This is going to be a rum that's made in this case from a multi-column still uh, in the Dominican Republic. It's a lovely rum and it has a sherry cask finish, so it's um, it's going to be a little bit lighter in body, actually quite a bit lighter in body than some rums. But it's going to also offer uh, a really nice, complex finish. Everything in there because it doesn't have a lot of body, it's uh, everything in there is going to be very subtle and very uh, sort of elegantly refined.
0: Like like this conversation here you go. And tea. Cheers, chin chin. By Cheers. the way, speaking of the humor, um, let's have a little sip of this first. Mm. Then I'm going to ask you about tasting room in a moment. We mm-hmm. were talking about the humor in your book. Of course, one of the first things I noticed when I cracked it open is that there is a drink in there that was created by you, Mr. Martin Kate, oh, okay. for this specific room, for the Wiki Wiki grog Shop.
1: That's very <clears throat> true. And it's Grog. called finkel Grog, finkel Grog, which
0: is funny in and of itself. You know, anything Finkel's kind of funny. But then at the end, where you you list the ingredients, you list the method, and it says garnish with zesty conversation. I love that.
1: Well said. Uh, it, it's
0: funny. You know, most of the other garnishes, you know, lime wedge or some complicated uh, fruit garnishment. This is just zesty conversation. That's what now, it's all about. When we're tasting rum, as we are right now, I'm familiar with wine, of course, and how mm-hmm. to taste that. What should I be doing right now? I have it in my glass. I'm looking at it. it the light is dim in here, but it looks, it looks nice, kind of caramel colored, uh, mm-hmm. translucent. I think. Mm-hmm. Again, the lighting is not the best, but
1: well, I'm going to be looking at it for. I'm going to be look at it, look at it for clarity. Look at the color. Mm-hmm. Um, a nice glass like this, which is great, which is relatively wide opening and low and straight sided, is terrific for nosing spirits in this case we don't want your nose too far away from it so we don't want something too tall so this is a really good uh, this is a really good size and shape what I like to do is put the nose in deep inside the glass but then breathe in with my mouth instead of my nose that really works yeah so what happens right there is your mouth is gonna take in about ninety percent of the air but just the act of breathing in your mouth pulls in about 10 percent of the normal intake in your nose so it helps filter in a way because if you put your nose deep in the glass over the rum and you smell and you smell deeply with your nose it's going to be hot it's going to burn it's there's too many volatile esters coming off of the off of the spirit so you don't want to just use your nose so that's that's step one and step two is going to be to let it go in let it roll right to the center of your tongue roll over both sides coat your mouth Mm -hmm. swallow it at this point i don't even think about it yet i just let it i basically i'm (laughs) pre-seasoning and then and then i'm have another sip and The next sip is where I start to do the. Analysis. This is
0: exactly what I tell people with wine as well. Yeah. Don't judge on that first sip. Let right. your right. palate get acclimated to mm-hmm. what's going on. All right, so absolutely. I'm going to go for my second sip now. Okay, hold on. I'm going to stick my nose in. In wine, we actually want to volatize the esters. That's why we swirl it. That's but fine. You're saying no? It's fine. Too you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. But just don't breathe in with the nose. Just don't breathe
1: all in right. all we the go. way with the nose. Yeah.
0: Well, that's really nice would i use the same descriptors for wine i mean i'm getting kind of a caramely mocha but also mm-hmm. sort of a there's there's sort of a vegetal high note maybe you touch of pineapple that i'm getting maybe i'm making association because i think tropical i think rum but there's no, no, something there's like that like a citrusy sort of yeah it, i think it's there not some, there's dominant, some dominant but it's it's in there
1: there's some bright tropical fruit on that not ripe maybe a little yeah pineapple maybe a little mm. uh young uh papaya or something but you're right it's a bright note it's not like a ripe you know it's pretty typical when you have a pot still rum you get more of that rich sort of ripe banana-y notes but those those aren't going to be really present here but it's got real pretty um it's pretty tannic it's kind of surprisingly tannic there's a more oak than i would expect it but it's got a nice leathery quality to it yeah
0: i'm being silent because gonna... i'm fascinated watching your face
1: and the concentration you're putting into sipping this rum. There's a nice. I mean, there's that that sherry, dry sherry finish, evolves af, in, after down the road a little bit. But mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it does have a real drying tannic quality on the in the palate too, which is. Um, I don't think it's that old of a rum, so it's a little surprising to me. But hmm.
0: now you taste a lot of rums. How many? Rums are in Smuggler's Cove, first of all. like, What is your collection?
1: On any given day, yeah. it's approximately 600.
0: 600 rums. That's yeah. a lot of rum. That's the largest
1: <laughs> amount of rums 600. in North America. And now,
2: 600 ha- good rums, I would add. Uh, that is yeah, a, a well, wonderful, that, important
0: addition. Yeah. You, you read my mind. I would say each one has been selected to be at that bar by you guys. You've tasted them all. So I'm watching you taste this, and I'm thinking you've done this with each of those 600 rums and then determined how it's going to fit, mm-hmm. now I'm guessing a little bit, but a little conjecture, I'm guessing that you taste them and bring them in based on where you can see them fitting into your program, whether it's going to be something you want to showcase on its own, something that has a flavor profile that's going to work in a certain cocktail that you want to have. Tell me the process when you're thinking about
1: rums, because that's that's a lot of rum. Conscious of a lot of factors, and and certainly I'm looking at where it fits and does it fit is something because of course there's so many we we use probably 23 rums to make our cocktail program of, so those, 600, of those 600 probably 23 yeah 23 oh, we wow. don't well we don't like to call them mixers Judd. <laughs> well th- thank you for correcting me let's let's make let's 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 have some education well, then. no we, we we you know when we're selecting well okay so that's a separate conversation but it's when we're selecting rums for the cocktails, we're saying, okay, what's the right rum for the right drink? And mm, yeah. for various reasons, is it, we're looking at the body, we're looking at historical issues. If we're serving traditional Jamaican cocktails, we're not going to put Barbados rum in them, things like that. We believe in you know carefully selecting the right rum for the right drink or right blend of rums huh. based on pretty wide variety of factors and you know we test them all the blends in drinks and seeing how they're working because sometimes th- they can clash sometimes they can get along very well sometimes clash with each other sometimes clash with ingredients wow. so it's trying to be pretty selective about what is going into each drink then that means everything else that's up on the back bar behind you is only being served neat i mean yes the occasional person will come in and say hey i'd like rum x in a daiquiri sure of course but but do you people, ever say no? I want you to get no, back to what fine. you're saying,
0: but would you ever say, uh, ma'am, I don't recommend that. We're not going to do it. That is a fine sipping rum. I'm not going to muck it up with uh,
1: sugar and juice. We, we Well, you know, I mean, I believe a, a, what defines a sipping rum is, do you like to sip it? And it can be, so basically, in other words, I don't really care what you wish to drink by yourself. I mean, that's fine. If you want to drink an unaged... Uh, you know nearly neutral molasses based column rum because that's what you like to taste of T- terrific good so um and that's th- that's my approach to wine too people say oh, yeah. what makes this a good wine do you like it yeah do you like then it's it? good for yeah. you. so so we look at that so okay. so when i'm picking for the back bar i'm thinking okay how are people going to, but, but oh, sorry to answer your question though people yes um yeah i've Put almost anything into a drink before, and it's fine. Or sometimes, if if somebody wants a you know something really particularly special or old, like here's our you know Royal Navy rum and from the 1950s, and they'll say, "Can I have that with a Coke?" And we'll say, "Sure." Here's the Coke, and here's the rum. You are not going to put them <laughs> together. You can do it. <laughs> Go I ahead. It. I you get it. Be my guest. You're not going to be responsible. I'm not going to be responsible <laughs> for that, but I'm more than happy to help you. But when I'm selecting for the back bar, I'm thinking, okay, what do what do I think is worth carrying? What is going to offer my back bar a really interesting, diverse selection mm-hmm. and, and maximize variety and style? What are my guests going to actually ask for? So I certainly, the fortunate thing of having the rum club that we do is we have hundreds of, of, of people who are in our rum club and over 70 people who have actually drank a hundred different rums at Smuggler's Cove. Wow. And I've, what I, of course, have the pleasure of what what I have the wonderful opportunity to do is I have this wonderful database. I have all this basically. Uh, Rebecca is a expert at surveying and survey data, but I basically have all this.
2: Yeah, we have a giant database of what people drink and. How long it takes them to drink it we can see depletions
1: that. on some styles so we know what styles they like so you know I definitely think about my customers tastes mm. when I'm selecting rums as well it's good I'm information not, to have yeah. yeah I think well you know I mean do you, I don't think enough people will drink this I think it's interesting and good but I don't think enough people will drink it and there are definitely no shortage of rums that would fall qualify as you know something that was designed to be lightly aged charcoal filtered, column rum, very light bodied, very Mm. nearly neutral. There's so many products like that, that there's nothing wrong with them, but nobody's ever going to even ask for them. So I don't bother carrying them.
0: Is there stuff that you maybe didn't think people would be into, but you just think is so special and exciting that you bring it in and then not necessarily push it, but let it be known this is here
1: and it's worth trying. Definitely. There's several that I try to hand sell and, and, Get them inspired by and say, "This is hey, this is something. This is a really a treat. Let me tell you a story about this. This distillery doesn't exist anymore. This is rare. Whatever this, whatever the reasoning yeah. is, um, and people really try tend to respond well to that. I think it's they want to people want to engage with the product that they're about to enjoy. So they love to hear extra information, and it's it's that's more fun. I got to back up, back it up, because you you guys are back known that stuff up. That's you guys great. are known certainly as world rum experts."
0: tropical cocktail experts cocktails in general experts historians but this hasn't always been your gig in fact i'm trying to remember when we first met it's got to be
1: close to 15 years has to be and I, 2000 or 2001 yeah somewhere in there uh-huh
0: and you were not in this business. I think, were you in the shipping business? Correct.
1: <laughs> that's Good memory, yes. I was in transportation logistics. I was doing <laughs> working for freight forwarders and NVOCCs and steamship lines and things like that.
0: And then you got to know me. And look <laughs> look where you are look now. Look what happened now. I was out <laughs> drinking a Napa with this guy. And I, six bottles of cab later, I didn't know what happened. There's that John Lovitz bit on Saturday Night Live. Get to know me. Get and like, to know me. At first, I was nobody, nothing. And then I got to know Judd. and yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> I got to know John. Um Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> when did it occur to you that, you know, your life was going in this direction? I mean, it's quite a change from
1: transportation logistics to world renowned uh, barkeep. It's been a big change. I think it started to happen. I think it started to happen. It had been a a, a passion. And
0: Rebecca, I want you to pipe in too, because you were there for this journey. <laughs> was. So, if your <laughs> oh, <the> story's <laughs> different from his it story, was, I want to well, hear about it. It's a big part, part of, of it the problem was was is her. Yeah. Fault, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: good. We were home enthusiasts and we were just getting into it and we had had a lot of fun um, with some friends. We'd had a tiki themed party at our house and we would bought a ton of decor and we had... Transformed our whole little apartment in San Francisco. We'd torn all the furniture out and piled it up in corners. <laughs> themed and rooms. Themed every room. Oh, yeah. well, this is the volcano room. This lo- <laughs> Now, I mean, as, as wonderful and creative as that sounds, it's largely made with like plastic table runners that were green ergo it still looks the jungle. Pretty. Room. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I'm still proud of it. Looks good in our memory, at least. It was a good
0: jumping off point. By yes. the time I found myself lucky enough to be invited to the Foggy Grotto,
1: <laughs> it was a place of wonder well thank you and it was it was precisely the morning after this party when we uh stared at the at the detrius of the night before and the, <laughs> and the uh and, and the, actually,
2: a shameful amount of rum left over, which uh, was a little bit, our guests did not do their full job. That's a good say. point. A little we disheartening. Had a, a l- we had a lot of bottles left
1: over, which B- was. But we had spent three days d- dressing up the house like this, and I couldn't quite face the notion of tearing it all down already. And I just said, What are we going to do with all this stuff? To which Rebecca famously replied,
2: We could have a tiki bar in our back bedroom. And I said, <laughs> Oh, bless
0: you. Bless you and your creativity, your imagination, your forward thinking. This woman's rings need to be kissed from here on out. Oh, Anybody they, they visiting <laughs> Smuggler's Cove when she's in the house, make sure you got, let me see, are you wearing a, okay, you've got a good
2: wedding ring on there. People ought to be kissing that thing.
0: <laughs> or your feet, either one.
1: <laughs> it was, I said, I, So I said,
2: sadly, though, I was kidding. Oh, never mind what I just <laughs> so, said. Sorry. So d- before you kiss too many rings, I thought I was kidding. And, but by then, the train had left the station, and his face lit up like christmas morning and i uh, got <laughs> I got the,
1: I got the I, wide eyes he, and, I, said, and yes, I knew
2: there was no yes. stopping it now well what what's what sparked that idea in the first place? Had you already been into
0: tiki or tropical drinks like first? let's go all the way back. Where was sure. your first
1: introduction to this genre? Well, as an adult, the first introduction was, "Wait a minute you've already
0: Led me uh, to the first I, question. I, I, you I, said as an adult, okay. so there's something even earlier then.
1: So, when I was a kid, thank you. When I was a kid, <laughs> um, my parents, and it's not really tiki, but it was an introduction to something else. My parents, we used to vacation near Santa Cruz. There was a restaurant I loved in Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. not long, long gone, but it was called Zanzibar. And it was Ooh. just fun to say. And it was a sort of themed place. And it was, and I'd go in, and it had, I think it had a tiki bar in the back, but what it had that was so cool was I'd always get fruit salad said <laughs> give me the fruit salad because the fruit salad came in a giant conch shell and it was like spilling uh, out of a conch shell yeah 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 and that was my first introduction to the I notion of food as 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 experience or theming. absolutely
0: there's an aesthetic to it as well yeah. as a flavor and a texture
1: yeah it was it was a presentation I, I there's it. a show yeah i was enchanted as, as any kid would be it was just fun and exciting so putting that aside yeah fast forwarding to adulthood i um was working in washington dc and i had a coworker and he said hey let's go to Let's go get, to, for his, it was his birthday, let's go get drinks at Trader Vic's. And I said, well, what the heck, what's a Trader Vic's? And he said, oh, you're going to love this place. It's cool there. The drinks are as big as your head. I said, oh, great. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. I'm 21. That sounds very promising. So yeah. we went down there, and you know, this is part of, this is where the magic of Tiki really hit me. So you've got this, you've got this, it was inside the the Washington, D.C. Hilton. You've got this marble, this very imposing, cold marble edifice. It was a cold drizzly November night and we go in and you go into the basement and all of a sudden there's just this doorway at one end there's this doorway and it's got this tiki's out front and these flickering torches and you walk in and it just smells like gardenias and there's puffer fish and it mm-hmm. looks exactly like the wiki wiki grog shop <laughs> and it was just and I said I don't understand what any of this is it's crazy this place is like a dream and the drinks were as big as my head and I fell in love I didn't know what it meant but I started to unravel that and figure it out. And here we are now, many, many years later. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness.
0: Well, let's have a quick toast. I'm about out of rum, so we're going to take a Not little so break. Acceptable. In the In the break, would you please choose another one for us to, to be drinking? Sold. We've got Martin and Rebecca Kate, proprietors of Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco. One of the world's great bars and authors of... Well, it's too dim. I can't read the subtitle, <laughs> but it's Cove. Smuggler's Cove. I've got to get the flashlight on here for the subtitle. Smuggler's Cove, exotic cocktails, rum, and the cult of tiki. Look for it. We'll be right back.
3: We'll be back with more of this special Judd's Napa Valley show from the Weeky Weeky Grug Shop right after these messages. La, 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 la. Everyone's a Finkle Friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa. And streaming live in the majestic beaches of Honolulu at KVON.com. Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show.
0: Thank you, Lauren Mole. I'm sitting here with Martin and Rebecca Kate, the proprietors of Smuggler's Cove, the world's greatest bar. And I'm not just saying that. (laughs) How many lists have you guys been on for this world's greatest places to drink?
1: Uh, We've been on a couple. We've been fortunate enough to. uh, A couple. Come on. There's a, there's a, there's a uh, industry magazine called Drinks International in, uh, in the UK that we've been on their top 50 in the world list five times. So that's Wonderful. Very nice.
0: That's okay, so it's not just me one.
1: blowing smoke up anywhere. <laughs> um,
0: you selected another rum during the break. This is delicious. This is a uh,
1: Venezuelan rum. I believe. It is. We're transitioning to a different style. This is what we call a blended rum. And this is a blend of column distillates like the last one, the Brugal, and some pot distillate. And so the pot and column blend together. The pot's very heavy-bodied, very rich, uh, high-congener rum. And the column's a little bit lighter. These two are blended together and aged. Really, blended rums are a very, very popular part of the segment. You'll know Jamaican rums like Appleton, rums from Barbados. These are all blended rums. But, you know, the way to think of it is kind of, think of it not dissimilar, from whiskey, like a blended whiskey. This is going to be like a, say, like a Johnny Walker, which is a blend of single malts pot. Still whiskey and column still light bodied whiskeys, so this is what we kind of think of as sort of the blended Scotch of the uh, of the rum world, and it's a uh, they 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 show a lot of uh, balance and without skewing too light or too heavy there.
0: I've always enjoyed this one yeah. as a sipper. Uh, someone brought this to me as a gift, and I've enjoyed it. And now I know a little. More about it. It is.
1: And it's, you know, it's interesting because it is made in a similar style as some of the rums in, say, like Guyana, for example, or Jamaica or Barbados, but it's from Venezuela because they have some of that equipment there. It's one of the big things we like to talk about in our book is that country of origin is much less important than the production method. That's really where the focus should be.
0: Interesting. You took us through a rum tasting from basically the sugarcane juice to the finished product, as a Judds Hill wine club event a few years back at Smugglers Cove which was great. It's the first time that I've ever held or even been to a wine club event that included no wine in the program. <laughs> <laughs> but we opened it up to our members, our Judds Hill wine club members and we had a fabulous time downstairs in the uh, the boathouse. The boathouse bar yeah. downstairs at Smugglers Cove and you gave us tastes of sugarcane juice Molasses, all the different steps in the process of making rum. Explain why that's important. Explain why terroir, mm-hmm. just like within grapes, is important for uh, sugar cane growth and mm-hmm. how you can taste the place within the rum. It was fascinating. It was basically a rum educational evening for wine lovers, mm-hmm. and it was a huge
1: hit. That was fun. That was a great night.
0: Hope we can do it again one of these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Uh, now, before you got into the bar business, I mean, you guys. I already mentioned you had the Foggy Grotto. Mm-hmm. Um, You were really, I mean, impressive and amongst the best home bartenders I'd ever experienced. You know, having had the honor of being at your place a couple times, trying out uh, drinks you're making the honor of being on the panel for the international tiki drink competition Which was held at <laughs> your place right. where That's we discovered right. mr. Ron Masesco who's now a, a legendary figure No one had ever heard <laughs> of this guy. He was outside of Tel Aviv, Israel sent in this yeah. This recipe that we mixed up and floored us. That was a great night uh, Now he's over stateside and doing great things. Yeah, I even remember spending the night on your floor at the Nevado Grotto while we were recording our CD. Oh, our right. our Mike Gen CD oh, was just right. up in that's Fairfax, right. and you guys were not far, and you offered us right. your floor for the night so we could right. get up early and whipping up cocktails, and you had homemade absinthe. I mean, you're just <laughs> blowing our minds, man. <laughs> it was great. Whoa, man. Yeah. So I certainly that appreciate that. But what what was it that got you from the severe enthusiast into the severe professional?
1: It started. It started around. Let's see. It was probably around two thousand three, and I was out doing sales calls and visiting a lot of really lovely people throughout California's great Central Valley because I mostly exported mm-hmm. fruits and nuts. Oh, and, uh, yeah, a raisin almond guy. Like and most <laughs> of the most of our regulars here at the Wiki Wiki Garage. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the true. nuts. Lots of nuts. Uh-huh. Lots of nuts. As, as you do, I, I would find that I would take clients out to lunch, and I'd find that I would be boring them senseless with tales of how I discovered a tiki mug in an old thrift store, or <laughs> or um, and they'd be looking at me like I was an idiot, and I'd finally said, you know, this is telling me something. I'm not doing a very good job of maintaining a, a professional interest in containerized almonds, and I should probably start talking about tiki more often perhaps professionally so that was that's where i started to make the shift when my the last company i worked for went bankrupt that helped push me a little bit that helped push oh. baby bird out of the nest a little <laughs> yeah bit that, too. that's a good motivator <laughs> needing a job yes needing a job <laughs> yeah. so um against the uh against the uh sort of trepidations of my parents but with the full support and your career counselor and my career counselor that's (laughs) a funny story that's in the book the uh uh, but with the support of my lovely wife it was uh I said well all right maybe it's time to take a shot at this and that's what happened so we uh, I started by bartending and I was bartending at Trader Vic's in San Francisco, and I had then found two business partners. And
0: oh, I'm I'm, I'm you saw this light bulb go off in my head. Yes. I remember this. It was during one of the San Francisco tiki crawls, where mm-hmm. That's right. groups yeah. of enthusiasts would go from tiki establishment to tiki establishment. And I showed up before anybody. I guess there was no traffic coming from Napa to the first stop, which was Trader Vic's. Sat at the bar waiting for folks, and who <laughs> says uh, good evening, sir? What can I pour you? martin it was you <laughs> and i i'm looking at you thinking now this is the prank of all pranks he talked to them in to letting him get behind oh, the bar and yeah. wear a staff shirt <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he's like mr host here for the tiki crawl and uh well it turned out
1: you were actually employed that's there. you were <laughs> employed you were memory legit. i'd forgotten about I that because we kept you yeah. kept me working there as a surprise for the crawl right that's right that was, yeah nobody yeah. knew <laughs> i mean yeah nobody knew. that's right that was funny um yeah, so that was a wonderful experience and I had some really good um, mentors there. We got our first place open in 2006. I was there until 2009 and then Smuggler's Cove. And here we are. And that's, and now and you that's know. that's it, and now the rest, the rest of, of the, the story. story.
0: Now one thing I admired <laughs> about you early on, maybe it's what first attracted me to you, wasn't your dashing good looks, <laughs> your charm, the opportunity to I'm be in the presence of your lovely bride <laughs> and all of that. But was your respect for the Mai Tai? Because (laughs) I had been saying for some time, and I'm not a mixologist. I'm just an appreciator, Mm -hmm. a cocktail geek, a snob, if you will. So (laughs) to me, a Mai Tai is a Mai Tai. Mm -hmm. And anything else is not a Mai Tai. And and it's one of the most bastardized drinks out there that I know. Mm -hmm. And I found that you could appreciate the difference between a real Mai Tai and what was being passed for Mai Tai and even went so far as to record a public service announcement (laughs) which if you wouldn't mind yes I'm gonna play right now Oh, okay there we go
1: if you're making a Mai Tai with instant mix and flavored rum you're doing it all wrong the biggest mistake people make when making a Mai Tai is everything Mai Tai mix Don't even bother. There's no pineapple juice in a Mai Tai. And if you ever get a pink Mai Tai, that means there's grenadine in it. And that's wrong. The next thing you're doing wrong is the rum. White rum, coconut rum, mango rum, whatever. These are all artificially flavored junk. And now you've got all this, and you're gonna throw it in a blender? No, the Mai Tai is not a slushy frozen drink. And finally, Mai Tai doesn't come in a hurricane glass. This isn't Bourbon Street. Trader Vic would spin in his grave. (laughs) Now I'm going to show you the right way to make a Mai Tai.
0: Well, if folks tune into that video, and if you search YouTube or Google for Martin Kate, how to make a Mai Tai, you'll find that. But instead of just playing that whole audio clip, would you hear live and in person at the WikiWiki Wiki
1: Grog Shop explain a proper Mai Tai and a bit of the history? Because I think sure. it's very interesting. If you do happen to find that YouTube video from several years ago, for the love of God, please don't read the comments. <laughs> I don't think I made any friends, but um, as most YouTube videos go. So yeah, so the Mai Tai, uh, really the point being, it's an elegantly simple drink it's very simple it's five ingredients and it's here to just it's designed to showcase great rum that's its point that's its purpose in life like every like great cocktails have their you know i hate to say it but you know their quote-unquote their killer app the margarita is obviously the perfect showcase for tequila it doesn't necessarily matter which tequila it is i mean obviously you want to use good tequila of course that goes without saying but you know that's those that sugar that orange that lime those are all friends of tequila. They're all ingredients that agree with tequila beautifully, get a long accent underlying flavors in tequila. And the Mai Tai is the same thing. Mai Tai is basically a nutty rum margarita. It is just fresh lime juice, a little dash of sugar, a little dash of almond syrup, which was Trader Vic's wonderful lasting contribution to, cocktail, to exotic cocktail culture, was bringing us this French syrup orgeat. It wasn't really known before. No, he was the one cocktails. who did it. He came from he came from a French family, and mm. he they owned a grocery store, and he knew Orgea as an ingredient he enjoyed as a child. Okay, so he brought that taste in, and then a little orange curacao and the rum, and it uh, everything acts to take that rum and hold it up and spotlight it and call it a hero. It's it's <laughs> it's that's it's not to bury rum, it's to celebrate rum, and that's why people think oh, but Is isn't that what that Mark a, Anthony said? <laughs> i come not to yeah. yes I come to um that's funny i wonder that came into my brain um but
0: all right shakespeare get on with the story
1: <laughs> so so the point being it's it's it, it doesn't have a lot of extraneous juice it doesn't have any funny colors even though people think they have floats they don't traditionally have a float of rum on top but it's just an elegant simple very adult drink it's not a bunch of candy in a glass it's certainly not frozen either
0: no it's a wonderful drink it can be blissful when made with good rum with the right ingredients and i'll tell you i converted my folks who as i was growing up they were not rum drinkers they didn't like it i think Mm -hmm. maybe both in their early days of drinking had bad experiences with rum didn't want to hear about rum they liked cocktails but never touched rum I uh, did a little investigation. I think when I first got uh, Beach Bum Berry's Grog Log, the first mm-hmm. edition was on that. Yep. I was all over it, made some Mai Tais according to Trader Vic's original recipe, or as close to with the rums that are available today, mm-hmm. but all the other fresh ingredients. And I'll tell you, after that first day, it was pretty much every day. <laughs> you know, it was during harvest time, and I'd be home helping make wine. And yeah. at five o'clock would come around, my dad would say, <laughs> It's Mai Tai time. Isn't it? <laughs> you know, Mai Tai. O'clock. Absolutely. Mai tai O'clock. Converted. <laughs> and now now the uh, third generation. Mm-hmm. My daughter's birthday was recently. Yeah. Where did she want to go for her dinner? Trader Vic's. Oh, that's what oh, I love to hear. We one. were in London not long ago. Where did they want to go? Trader, Trader, Trader Vic's. Right. What do they drink? Mai Tai's without the alcohol, which <laughs> they do make for the kids, yes. and they love it. So, folks, go out, find the original recipe for the. Trader Vic's Mai Tai, which I imagine maybe could be found at Smuggler's Cove. I know you make them right there. They're probably the best Mai Tai you can get. They're also in the book. They're also available in this fine (laughs) book. Where I was going, (laughs) pick up the book. You can get your recipe for the Mai Tai. You can get your recipe for the Finkel Grog, which has a little touch of Napa right in the recipe. I'm not going to give too much away. Get the book. Yeah, this is always fun. (laughs) Now, rum is not where it ends for you guys. Your new place celebrates a whole other spirit.
1: I am in a deeply committed, (laughs) long-term, and very (laughs) loving relationship with rum, but I am having a very hot tempestuous fling with gin Mm. and my fling has manifested itself in this enormous and uh, quite spectacular restaurant called Whitechapel in San Francisco and it is uh, designed to look like a disused Victorian era London Underground Station uh, circa 1890 or so and it is uh, also has been brought to life by the incredible creativity and wizardry of my good friend Notch who also built Smuggler's Cove and um, the Whitechapel is a lot of fun because we think gin is fun and not particularly stuffy. Yeah. It's actually great and very versatile and very challenging cocktail ingredient to play with.
0: It seems to and evoke f- emotion from people. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you say, oh, let me make you a drink. It's got gin. Some people like fabulous. I love gin. What kind is it? Because they know they has di- that gin can have these different flavor profiles. But more often than not, in my experience, people are like, ugh, I can't drink gin. Yet, when applied properly (laughs) and given a little bit of knowledge Mm -hmm. and shown the way, people will be converted very easily. This happened at one of our foam meetings, Friends of Ardent Mixology, Napa Mm -hmm. Valley's Cocktail Appreciation Guild, where we had a night of gin. And we had somebody in, Jason Withrow, the bar manager at the time up at Red, who was a former guest on this show. He did gin and he did several types of gin and several different types of cocktails where it really worked with what he was doing. And 100% of the people who said that they did not like gin and weren't sure why they were there were converted.
1: That's great. I love to hear that because it is a um, a lot of spirits and not gin alone, but a lot of people have... There's something very powerful about spirits, especially when you're young. And when people drink... Whatever it is, they go into their parents' liquor cabinet when they're 11 years old, and they sneak something out. And whether it be tequila or gin or some weird liquor, or some half-empty bottle of crusty creme de menthe that your parents had from a party <laughs> in the 70s, at least as mine did, you know. And it, and you and it, you don't like the taste of it, or you get a little too drunk on it, and then it it c- colors your opinion of that spirit for years. Oh, sure, it becomes an, it sticks. It's such an, a powerful imprint on people that you have to definitely undo some of that sort of childhood conditioning that can often happen from finding that <laughs> bottle of gin in the back of the liquor cabinet but when we do i mean we really find people it, it's gin gin sort of magical in cocktails it sort of it stops to becoming gin but all the other ingredients in the glass stop becoming themselves either it just all becomes something else it's the savory and the herbaceous notes just interact with the other ingredients and create something that doesn't really isn't readily identifiable uh, Identifiable as anything else. That's what's so fascinating about gin. It works. It's it's alchemy. It's a it's a it's a magic spirit. Wonderful. Well, on behalf of all people who like to
0: drink, thank you, <laughs> thank you for showcasing what gin can do and furthering we're, we're, we're the art to of help, cocktail to mixology. <laughs> That's right. You know we're getting short on time. I hate this. I want to keep going and going and going.
1: Better get some more rum.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna drink a little more rum, and in the meantime, we are now going to play everyone's favorite party game. It's Mad Libs.
1: Ba, 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 ba. Are you I ready? Know, it needs ba, ba, a little ba, ba, music. Ba, 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 Do you want a little music? Ba, ba, ba. We can have. Okay, we can think this over. Be.
0: All right, the first thing. You know what? Let's. You guys know Mad Libs. Yes. And Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind. You know, you've you piped in here and there, but let's make this all about you. <laughs>
2: wow. Do you mind? <laughs> no. Okay.
0: Here, I can even give you a little thinking music. The first, you know how this works. I'm going to ask you for something, and then you go ahead and just tell me what it is and we'll fill in the blank. I'm, I've, the the rum is affecting me already. My brain, I can feel this it. This is great. I'm off the hook. Yeah, well Ooh, done. No so pressure. So are you ready for a little match game? Sure. There's a little thinking music. The first right. thing I'm going to need is a, what I say, match game? Let's start
2: that again. <laughs> I, was I, I was hoping you were going to play the match game theme. Theme, right yes. <laughs> a little... Doop, doop,
0: doop. You ready for a little Mad Libs? Here's your thinking music. The first thing I'm going to need is a liquid.
2: Mm, a liquid. Yeah. Any kind of liquid. All right, I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm going to choose a transmission fluid. Transmission fluid.
0: Okay. How about an adjective?
2: Ooh, those are always tricky. Vegetable. I'm gonna go with gaseous Ah!
0: I hope that's not your experience here in the WikiWiki Wiki, grog <laughs> Shop right now. A little rum takes care of it <laughs> and, and if it is, I'm not. I'm not picking <laughs> not. up on it. Okay, a number. This could be any number that you want.
2: Ooh, well, I'm gonna go with five thousand eight hundred and
0: two. Five thousand eight hundred and two is your number. How about a plural noun?
2: Bingo! Yeah, bingo! Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: No, you know what? How about a noun? Just a noun. Oh, just a noun. I'm jumping that's, the gun that's here. A little easier.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go with chafing dish. <laughs>
0: All right. Chafing dish. A plural noun?
2: Ooh, maracas.
0: Maracas. Shake them. Maracas. How about another adjective?
2: Mm, adjectives are trickier. Uh, let's go with. Oh, you're
0: good. You're a good descriptor.
2: Pugnacious.
0: Pugnacious. I think I spelled that right. How about uh, a noun?
2: Let's go with rototiller.
0: Rototiller. Here in Napa Valley, we know about those. Another noun?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to stick with the cooking theme and do a crockpot.
0: Crockpot. And finally, a geographic location.
2: I have no idea why this popped into my head, but I'm going with Mount Olympus. Mount Olympus.
0: All right, here we go. Uh, martin and Rebecca. <clears throat> Earlier today, I got on the computer and went to martincate.com. dot com. That's martin c a t e <laughs> dot com. Newly redesigned. Uh, yes. Perhaps, I don't know, but <laughs> there there is a little Literally bit- Literally yesterday. Yes. There I'm is a little launch, bit- Launching any day now. Oh. <laughs> the revamp, yeah. Well, what's there now? There's a little bio about Martin here, which you have just rewritten via oh. your Excellent. Mad Libs game. So Excellent. Martin, this is all on your wife right here. Ready, here it is. <clears throat> Martin Kate is a San Francisco-based rum and exotic cocktail expert <laughs> and the creator of Smuggler's Cove San Francisco, a bar designed to celebrate the diversity and versatility of the world's most exciting spirit, transmission fluid. Yeah, it (laughs) is actually. Okay, great. (laughs) Smuggler's Cove created a gaseous new approach to rum by featuring cocktails from over three centuries of rum history, from the oldest colonial drinks to the exotic cocktails of legendary tiki bars and beyond. The Sunday Times of London has named Smuggler's Cove One of the (laughs) 5,802 greatest bars on earth. That's almost exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much. Mazel tov. Mazel tov, tov. yeah. (laughs) He is also a passionate chafing dish collector, having been been to dozens of maracas around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He conducts pugnacious seminars and judges rototiller and crockpot competitions across the United (laughs) States, Europe... And Mount Olympus. <laughs> I kind of wish I did. <laughs> I More information it, wow. about Smuggler's Cove can be found at smugglerscovesf.com. Martin Kate, Rebecca Kate, Smuggler's Cove, and all your other endeavors. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank so good so to be much. here.
3: This was fantastic. From the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop in the beautiful Napa Valley... This is Chief Lapu-Lapu, a.k.a. Lauren Mole, speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a gil production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.